shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. reading from Isaiah chapter 55. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. You will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided. The mountains and the hills will break into singing before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, a cypress will come up. Instead of the briar, a briar, a myrtle will come up. This will stand as a monument for the Lord, an everlasting sign that will not be destroyed. Here ends the reading. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of armies. I long and yearn for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Even a sparrow finds a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she places her young. Near your altars, Lord of armies, my King and my God. How happy are those who reside in your house, who praise you continually. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a source of spring water. Even the autumn rain will cover it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Each appears before God in Zion. Lord God of armies, hear my prayer. Listen, God of Jacob. Consider our shield, God. Look on the face of your anointed one. Better a day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God and live in the tents of wicked people. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord grants favor and honor. He does not withhold the good from those who live with integrity. Happy is the person who trusts in you, Lord of armies. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A reading from 2 Corinthians chapters 11 and 12. For you, being so wise, gladly put up with fools. In fact, you put up with it if someone enslaves you, if someone exploits you, if someone takes advantage of you, if someone is arrogant towards you, if someone slaps you in the face. I say this to our shame. We've been too weak for that. But in whatever anyone dares to boast, I am talking foolishly. I also dare. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the descendants of Abraham? So am I. 
Are they servants of Christ? I'm talking like a madman. I'm, I'm a better one, with far more labors, many more imprisonments, far more beatings, many times near death. Five times I received the forty lashes, minus one from the Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. I've spent a night and a day in the open sea on frequent journeys. I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, and dangers among false brothers, toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold and without clothing, not to mention other things. There is the daily pressure on me, my concern for all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble, and I do not burn with indignation? If boasting is necessary, I will boast about my weaknesses. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who is blessed forever, knows I am not lying. In Damascus, a ruler under King Eretus guarded the city of Damascus in order to arrest me, so I was let down in a basket through a window on the wall and escaped from his hands. Boasting is necessary. It is not profitable, but I will move on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether he was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. I know that this man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which a human being is not allowed to speak. I will boast about this person, but not about myself, except of my weaknesses. For if I want to boast, I wouldn't be a fool because I would be telling the truth, but I will spare you so that no one can credit me with something beyond what he sees in me or hears from me, especially because of the extraordinary revelations. Therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me, so that I would not exalt myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. Here ends the reading. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, the eighth chapter. As a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from every town, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path that was trampled on, and the birds of the sky devoured it. Other seed fell on the rock. When it grew up, it withered away since it lacked moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns. The thorns grew up with it and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground. When it grew up, it produced fruit a hundred times what was sown. As he said this, he called out, Let anyone who has ears to hear listen. Then his disciples asked him, What does this parable mean? So Jesus said, The secrets of the kingdom of God have been given for you to know, but to the rest it is in parables, so that looking they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the seed on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, having no root. These believe for a while and fall away in a time of testing. As for the seed that fell among thorns, these are the ones who, when they have heard, go on their way and are choked with worries, riches, and pleasures of life and produce no mature fruit. But the seed in the good ground 
These are the ones who, having heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it, and by enduring, produce fruit. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, happy sexagesima. That's what we're coming up to. We had septuagesima, which is a fun word to say. Again, septuagesima. 70-ish days until we get to Easter. And now we're coming up to the Sunday of sexagesima. 60-ish days until we get to Easter. And this is a wonderful time in which we have these three Sundays to help prepare us for our journey to the cross. And the first preparation that's given to us at Septuagesima is this notion of grace alone, right? Which is what the, the whole Protestant uh, Reformation was based on. The fact that God comes with his gifts, comes with his grace, and he gives as he sees fit. He doesn't give according to your ability. He doesn't give because you're awesome. He doesn't give because of, of anything along those lines. He gives based on his promise. He promises to give of himself, and so he does. Whether you work uh, from birth to death, or whether you're someone who in their 90s comes to faith in Christ, trusts in him for all things, and then dies the next day. doesn't matter. God's mercies come to you in that cross and in Jesus. Well, this coming Sunday, it's all about the word alone, that, it, that it's based on what God has to say to us, a God who speaks. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was preaching uh, Transfiguration Sunday, right, and talked about how a silent Jesus is a safe Jesus, and a safe Jesus is no good Jesus at all because he's a, a Jesus that doesn't have a cross. He, he's a Jesus who doesn't speak to you, who doesn't tell you of his promises, of his goodness, of his mercies, of his grace. And so here we have word alone offered to us in this parable of the sower, right? Last week it was the parable of the vineyard workers. Now we get the parable of the sower. And he's a very bad sower. He's a very, very bad farmer. He's not making the lines in the field and putting the seeds in the field and having it grow up, having it all be a, you know, symmetrical with one another, parallel to one another. Uh, no, he's walking around just throwing stuff everywhere, right? It's going on the path, it's going in the rocks, it's going in the weeds. Some of it is getting into the actual field where it's supposed to grow, but he's just throwing stuff everywhere. That fits with our first reading of Isaiah 55, where God says, my word goes out and it does its work, right? It, it gets sown. The, the promise gets spoken and it's not going to return to him void, meaning that it's going to do what it's going to do. But then we get offered up this parable of the sower and what Jesus says is that there's part of it is our fault and part of it's the devil's fault. That people hear the word, right? But then the devil comes and steals it away from you. He, he, he comes with his lies. He comes to you and says, did Jesus really say? Did God really say? Just like he did in Genesis chapter 3, what he said to Adam and Eve. Did God really say you couldn't eat of the, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? He only said this because he doesn't want you to be like him. He comes with his lies. He did the same to Jesus when he was being tempted. Uh, if you are the son of God. And so he comes to us and he plants these lies in our hearts and in our minds saying, well, God, Jesus isn't really real. Or, or he'll say, uh, well, God doesn't love you. God's mercies aren't real. A, a bunch of different things along those lines, and it gets robbed from us. The grace and mercy of God get robbed from us. Did you do enough for Jesus? He'll say. And so that gets stolen from us, just like it says here that the stuff thrown along the path gets eaten by birds and trampled. And then what's the next one? Uh, as he, he 
sows, he sows some on the rocks. And when it grew up, it withered away since it lacked moisture. And he says, this is the, the, the stuff that it doesn't have a root. It's superficial. This is, this is uh, someone who will tell you, oh, I like Jesus. Oh, I like God. But God is basically an accessory. God is somebody they call upon when maybe they're at a, a patriotic event, but they never talk about God anywhere else. They might talk about God when the Pledge of Allegiance under God, but that's the closest they ever come to. Or it could be that there's somebody who, um, they show up for church because they think that's the important thing to do, but what it means for them to be a Christian is to just join a church, and maybe serve on council, maybe, I don't know, something along those lines. But having no root, having no desire to know who their Jesus is and what their Jesus has to say to them. And so what happens? Well, it says here, it's, it's those who, they receive the word with joy. They think it's a good word, but they have no root. These believe for a while and fall away in a time of testing, a time of trial, like Paul is talking about in, his, in, the, in the second reading that we had after our, the, the reading we had after our psalm, that he's talking about all these trials that he's had that he hasn't had promotions, he hasn't had his name in lights, he hasn't had it good, he's actually had it very, very bad, and yet he talks about how that's what he's gonna boast in, his punishments, the things that he's suffered, the sufferings he's been under. Well, we can't do much with a Jesus that we don't have. If Jesus is just a superficial cross that we might wear on a necklace or on a pin or, or a fish we put on the back of our car, when the time comes and we're in the hospital room and we're told that we're going to die, where's our Jesus then? We need a Jesus that comes with power, that helps us dig down deep and, and find our structure in him, our foundation in him and his promise of mercy and grace and resurrection. Well, and then what's the next one? The thorns, right? Where the seed gets cast among the weeds. And it grows up, but then it gets choked by the thorns. The thorns that Jesus says represent all the anxieties of life, all the other things. And, and it's this picture of us and our fears. And I can, I can attest to this. Being someone who uh, has some anxiety issues, uh, being someone who uh, is a six on the Enneagram. And so my, my, worst, uh, my worst trait is that I, I fear the worst outcome of something. <laughs> and so I'm being honest here with you right now. Um, and so the anxieties of life come to us and we worry, well, is God going to be faithful? Is God going to be there for me? When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, is he really going to be with me? And so the anxieties come to cause us to lose our faith, cause us to deny the word, to decide we're not going to listen to it, not going to hear it, to not have it be ours. And then finally, we have the good ground, right? Where it gets planted and it gets brought up and, and produces good fruit. Well, what I don't want you to take away from this today is that it's not about you making your land good. It's not about you making good dirt so that God's word gets planted. No, it's about the fact that every time in our lives, we could be any one of these things. We could be on the path and the devil has come and taken things away. We could be uh, the, the dirt with the rocks where we make no, no root, no foundation, where it's completely superficial. 
no, no, uh, uh, no good land, but instead land filled with thorns and thistles and weeds, dandelions, and we get choked through. And then we have the good ground too. The point of the story is the fact that the sower is there sowing the seed over and over and over again. The word gets spoken to you because it has to regularly. The word can never be stopped from being spoken to you because you need to hear it because of the fact that all of us find ourselves in those different soils every now and again. But the good news and the grace of God that comes to us is the fact that God's word is going to be sown in our hearts regularly and continually, and it's going to do its work. And all Jesus says is, listen, if you have ears, hear. So church, hear the word of God today. The word that speaks to you, that tells you of his mercy and his grace, of tells you of the fact that we are heading towards Lent, a time in which we remember the fact that on a hill outside Jerusalem, Jesus Christ was given to die for you, and for his sake, God has forgiven you all your sins. He's forgiven you all, all the times in which faith was lost from you. He's forgiven you all the times when you had your shallow faith, shallow Christianity. He's forgiven you all the times when your anxieties have overpowered your desire to believe. But he's also been there when his word has taken root in you and made you his. May that be so for you this week as we head towards Sunday. May you be granted God's mercy in all of that. And may he continue to shower you with that grace and with his favor through his word as we head towards the cross. Let us pray. O Lord God, who sees that we put not our trust in anything that we do, mercifully grant that by thy power we may be defended against all adversity through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you next Sunday, uh, or next week anyways, for Quinquagesima. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.